At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, coffee dons, my sweet, ooh, ooh, holistic. Self-love, self-trust, and confidants. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and ooh, this episode is a very special one. I'm so excited because this is something I personally struggle with, that I personally kind of wrote these questions down definitely for our guest as sort of a, a, a personal therapy healing session. So I'm so excited to bring her in. I know she's going to help a ton of you out here. This week's guest is an alternative and holistic health practitioner, a published author three times over, and focuses on coping tools for life, including self-sabotage. She is the host of Connect the Dots, Bitch podcast to help you end your cycle of fuckery. Iconic. And she holds professional certifications as a holistic life coach, Reiki master practitioner, and is a certified trauma support specialist. This week's guest is Amy Fiedler. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you because, like I mentioned, self-sabotaging and like self trust is a huge pain point of mine. And before we dive into all juiciness of self-sabotaging, I more so wanted to ask you to explain to the listeners, how does holistic healing differ from traditional, I don't know, modalities or Western modality? Of course. Yeah. I I like to call them conventional therapies, but whatever, to each their own. Um, so, so the benefit, the value of holistic therapies is that we consider more than just what's going on in your body and the symptoms you're experiencing. Mm. We consider and take into account your um, social interactions, your stress factors, mm. all the environments that you frequent, your home life, family dynamics. Mm. So we're factoring in a lot of the outside factors that also contribute to our mental health. You know, and and the benefit of that is that we're not just tackling a symptom and possibly mm-hmm. band-aiding it, which I know is a lot of people's experiences sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we are actually getting to the root cause of what the mm-hmm. what the issue is. Mm. And how did you what what made you, I guess, want to work in the mental health space on the holistic side? A personal experience. So when I was a teenager, I struggled a lot with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. And I asked my parents if I could go to therapy because I was really struggling. So I went to a conventional therapist and didn't really know any different at the time, was thankful for the support, but truly was treated like a number. You know, there was no personal aspect to the therapy. I wasn't an individual in there. We weren't really 
getting to know my emotions and helping me understand where they were stemming from and why I was struggling with them. So, you know, I was put on medication, which works for some people. It did not work for me. And I was on it for quite a while. And I just found myself getting perpetually worse and struggling deeper and deeper and deeper. So I decided to take a more spiritual route because I was truly desperate to just feel better. And it was in that journey I started to get to know myself a little bit more and discover other ways to look at things and Mm -hmm. understand them. It really opened my eyes to a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it it changed my entire career path because Mm -hmm. at that point I started to feel better and I was like, now I would like to learn more about this and then ultimately share it with other people, which is what I get to do now. Well, I'm so glad we're like chatting because I am definitely in the middle of my sort of spiritual awakening and spiritual journey, which my next question is definitely coming from a place of me, (laughs) Um, which is like, I was so anti anything spiritual, A, because I grew up very like into forced religion and I was like, this shit ain't for me, dog. And it took me a, I'm still unlearning that experience of like spirituality. But I think what we're talking about is a completely, completely opposite end of spirituality. And I was so anti because I didn't want to be a tropey white bitch that moved to California and became obsessed with yoga and green juice and sound baths and like but I, like I what advice do you have for people that are maybe like anti holistic spirituality just because it's it's a fear based thing right but like how do you help yeah. people just even step towards it instead of being like oh gosh i know what that's going to be like <laughs> i mean listen that is everybody's interpretation when they hear the word spiritual they immediately compare it to religion mm-hmm. which that's an aspect of it, right? Like there's so many other facets to this. Spirituality, in my opinion, is you looking at the individual or your life as a whole. So as I said earlier, factoring in more than just one aspect of your life and taking into account how it's playing a role in your well-being or, Mm. you know, your lack of well-being at that point. So I get a lot of clients who grew up very religious Mm -hmm. and interestingly enough, end up in similar situations where they're like, I want to discover something different and I want to explore understanding myself in the world a little bit differently. And they take this more spiritual path and that's truly what it is. It's a path Mm -hmm. of Mm self-discovery. It's not there to compete with religion. Honestly, you can be religious and you can be spiritual and you can explore both aspects of each and how they work together. So, you know, spirituality is something that I think a lot of people confuse with, with being anti-religion and, and it's not, it it truly can be both. And I think like, you know, there's a assumption to that, there's like a a prototype of people that practice spirituality in like the Western world that I think people's brains automatically go to. 
but not recognizing, I think, a huge point you just made of, like, all that this is, no matter what you call it, is treating, like, the mind-body experience as a whole instead of what Western medicine and mental health looks like, which is symptom, medication, you know, not very individualized, lots of grouping, a lot of people under one label. Like, I, yes. I do think that's a big point to make that it's that's all that it is it's like in a, a fully embodied sense of a person rather than yeah, one or which the other is a fuller life experience <laughs> and and that's that's the thing it's like that's a good thing it's <laughs> like i'm i'm trying to explore all parts of me not just look at one aspect of this and yes. connect deeper with myself yeah. which allows me to then grow deeper relationships mm-hmm. and be a better person and treat other people more kindly like it, it it's only good so yeah. at the basis of it is just it, it's loving yourself Mm. And, and that's, I mean, to, to, to touch on the religious aspect, that's what religion is at the end of the day, right? Like at least Mm. that's the motivating factor to go is love is Mm. the universal language of all religions. So that's what spirituality is as well. Mm. Yeah. I want to talk about now that you've so perfectly brought up self-love, I'd love to go into self-sabotage and rebuilding self-trust and like I said, ideally, it would be great if I walk away from this as basically like having a therapy session and turning off all my self-sabotaging <laughs> tendencies. Uh, the confidants definitely know, and I say this all the time, that I have a very cunty inner voice. My inner monologue is like on its transformative path. I definitely don't want to discredit all the, the growth I have given, but like it felt like my default mode network was cunt on the inside. Mm. So just at the very like basic starting point, what is self-sabotaging? Self-sabotage, if I were to give it to you like just as blunt as I could, self-sabotage is our way of pushing back on what we actually want, right? Like so keeping love away from us even though we want it. And it's usually coming from a fear or a feeling that we are not worthy or deserving of what Mm. we want. Like Mm. I've been in, in my past, I've been in traumatizing, abusive relationships Mm. and, and, and now I'm in an incredibly healthy one. And I've had to face my own self-sabotaging patterns time and time again, where it's like, I'm wanting love and I'm wanting attention but my behavior is exhibiting the exact opposite. It's sending Mm. him the message that like, I want him away from me when really I just grew up in an environment where there was like a push and pull on love. So Mm. when I shove you away, I truly want you near me. And Mm. he takes it at face value because he's incredibly healthy. And I'm like, Mm. I grew up with a very cracked foundation. So no, no. (laughs) We didn't speak that language in my house. It was scream, yell, push, pull. That means I love you. And so that's Mm. what we're doing. We're keeping away from us what we truly desire to have near us. Mm. And I like how you put that also into perspective of like relationships. And how might self-sabotaging look? Um, not necessarily in a um, like romantic relationship, but how might it look just to your relationship with yourself? 
Oh, man. I mean, telling as simple as telling yourself that I don't want to feel anxious every day, mm-hmm. but not following through on the actions that you could take that mm-hmm. are allowing you to feel more calm and at peace. Mm, I feel like that's such a good way to put it. You said like the most basic way is just not allowing, or what did you say? You were like not <laughs> listening or not allowing the thing you want. You're like in your own way a little bit, right? That's the most Yeah, basic. you're in your own way. That's what self-sabotage is. You're yeah. like throwing your own fucking hurdles in the path <laughs> in front of you. You're like, I want to go this way, but like, here you go, here you go, here you go. Like these are all preventing me from what I want. You know, somebody's saying, I want to eat better Mm -hmm. because it makes me feel better about myself. And then they choose to go to the grocery store. And like, that's the thing that people don't realize is we're so powerful. Once we're aware, it's now a choice. Mm. And a lot of people don't want to cop to that. Once Mm. you are aware, I want to do something differently. I don't like that I'm doing this. I'd like to change it. Now you're in control. You're not on autopilot anymore. So if I say I want to eat better, I have a choice when I go grocery shopping or I go out to eat or whatever. What I do is now a decision I'm making consciously. And if Mm. I choose to revert to an old pattern, then I'm sabotaging myself. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) The choice thing just uh, struck a deep chord because I am like... (laughs) painfully aware of how, you know, for, for example, I guess I'll use self-harshness, right? Like I'm painfully aware of when I'm not doing a thing that I had on my calendar that I am not being kind to myself in my mind. It's you should be doing this. You're so lazy. You don't work hard enough. No wonder you don't have all the things you want. You haven't put in the work. Like it's never oh, maybe your body is looking for rest right now, or maybe you need a reset of creativity. It's, it's, I'm, I'm painfully self-aware, but it feels almost like my self-sabotage is on autopilot and the choice, the choice keeps going down that like neural pathway. And I would like to make it feel, yeah, make it feel like it's more of a choice, right? Well, may I offer you a solution? Yeah, well, that's why you're here. So, so when you're aware, as you're saying, and, and yet feeling like you're stuck on autopilot, mm. it's because you have not sat down to make the decision in, as to what is the next direction you want to go. Mm. So, mm. so I say to everybody, including myself, I have to do this too, is sit down and write out, instead of doing this, mm. I will do this. And I have an exercise that has changed my life. I just split the page on my journal and I write mm. the behavior I don't value mm. is, and I fill it in. And then I write the behavior that I want to be doing now. Like what, how do I want to behave? Mm. And I fill that in. And so now I see it, right? It's mm. tangible, it's mm-hmm. valid, it's clear. So I no longer want to speak to myself that way. Mm-hmm. So this is now my new script. This is how mm. I'm going to speak to myself. And now you've set the plan. Mm. So now it's clear for you. And all you have to do is act accordingly. I lo- I'm such a visual learner and such a visual person. So like any way to get something out of my head onto paper in a productive manner, like that feels 
That yeah, that feels accurate. Um, I want to ask how how do we get into like why do we as people learn not to trust ourselves? Is it always outside factors and trauma, or how do we how do we even develop this self sabotaging? I'm a big believer that the majority of our issues have been from our childhood upbringing and environments that we're in. And, and that's not just like, I mean, I've done this work on myself and continue to do this work on myself. So I'm speaking from firsthand experience here. Our examples of what our parents or our guardians showed us are examples of the environments we frequented because it's not always mm. our parents. Sometimes it's right. the babysitter. Sometimes mm. it's the teacher. Sometimes it's the neighbor, the cousin, or the aunt and uncle, right? Mm. Sometimes it's your siblings. So the behaviors you were most exposed to show you how to act mm. in this world. And Mm -hmm. if like, for me, I didn't have a good example of a mom who loved herself. Mm -hmm. My mom told me she loved me constantly. Like Mm -hmm. I heard, I love you a thousand times a day, Mm -hmm. but her behavior in her own life towards herself was not loving. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel loved. Mm -hmm. I heard love, but I didn't see how do I treat me? How do I act with other people in a loving way? And that then leads you to, I mean, this is a deep rabbit hole we just go down, right? Like that's the starting point. And then it develops in our own unique ways. Mm. You know, how I then view the world got shaped off of that initial filter. And Mm. now how I act with my dad is based off of my interpretation of how my mom acted with my dad. And then I take Mm. that into my relationships and so on and so forth. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. I never made that connection. I never made the connection of the way my mom treats my dad could be patterns of why I treat my partner in a minute. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) My hope for this being like a therapy session is working. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, My next question is, is self-sabotaging always a trauma response? Like, I know there's big T, little t. Is there just also environmental, like, influence? Or is it always typically associated with, like, a T trauma? I wouldn't say it's always associated Mm. with a trauma. Honestly, I think there are just times where we have a deep-seated fear around being better, right? Mm. Or feeling better or Mm. being more worthy of something or, Mm. you know, the ultimate question sometimes comes up of like, what happens to all of my other relationships when I start to act different? So I'm not going to act different because I don't want to lose these people or Mm. I don't know how to interact with mom or sister, brother, whoever anymore. If I am now coming from a different place. So I I wouldn't say I'm very precious with the word trauma. Mm -hmm. I think it's overused these days Mm -hmm. and, and trauma from my experience and in my opinion impacts your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, like a lot of things can be traumatic. They can be big trauma, small trauma, but not every single issue we struggle with is, is trauma. Mm. And, Man, yeah, that, that, yes. Okay, so being shaped, right, like whether it be environment or trauma or 
experience or protection or safety, how, how does ego play into self-sabotaging and self-trust? Because I think that's where I'm at. I think this is where I'm at. And you definitely hit the nail on the head. Like you're afraid to change because you're afraid of how it might affect relationships. Like whether you being more heart-centered or more self-loving. Like all these things are definitely... I, I guess I fear other people less so much as I fear myself. And I guess that's why this, this idea of ego playing into it, like, let's talk about it. How, how does that interact? Well, so, I mean, so what I hear is like, I'm afraid of me and I don't mm-hmm. trust me or my <laughs> ability to be balanced or regulate or, or, you know, if we think, I don't think of ego as like a negative thing. We all have one and we got to coexist with it, right? It's that one aspect of us and it's often pretty selfish, right? Mm -hmm. A little arrogant sometimes, Mm -hmm. a little cunty, as you said Mm -hmm. earlier, like, I mean, hence the name of my podcast, although people (laughs) misinterpret, they think I'm calling them a bitch and I'm like, no, no, it's about me. What do you mean? Connect the dots, bitch. I'm talking to myself. Did we take back that word anyway? Isn't it like a friendly term, like a gal pal? Like, hi, bitch. Um, so, so the ego, you like, you want to balance your life with your ego, right? Mm-hmm. You want to get to know, befriend it. So mm-hmm. for you, like that's building trust mm-hmm. and trust comes from repetition, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't trust people who are not consistent. And mm-hmm. how do you build consistency? You build it through follow through. You got to follow mm-hmm. through on your promises. So how do you come into let's say balance with that ego aspect. Well, you've got to own that self-centered bitchy part of you. Yeah. Like I'm infamous for being like, if somebody calls me a bitch, I'll be like, well, I'm not being one right now, but I can be like, (laughs) I know my, my triggers. I know my gauge. I know how I behave. Right. So that's that inner knowingness. And that's that confidence of like, I know how I behave when I'm not being bitchy and I know how I behave when I'm being a self-centered little cunt. Yes. And right now I'm not being one, so that's not mine. That's yours to deal with. Mm. That is big. The what's mine and what's yours also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you touched on something there with like, I think I'm afraid that the positives about me are things that come from that cunty voice, right? Like Mm. in comedy, right? Like the most miserable people I know are comedians or like the most traumatic people I know are comedians because we have this, this way of speaking that's jokey or like how do we make the laugh first? And I fear that if I become too balanced that I'd lose my sort of edge or, or even my determination, like that makes me successful. And how, how can we navigate the idea that being balanced doesn't mean you become, um, like spiceless. (laughs) The weather is getting warmer. So it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, 
effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? <laughs> you are talking to two sober Sallies. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Yeah, you're not going to lose you. That's mm. the thing, right? Like, they're both you. Mm. They're both aspects of you. What you're trying to do, and I think this is just a good reframe to have, what you're trying to do is feel at ease with that aspect of yourself mm. and be confident in expressing it in a healthy way. Mm. Right. So we're not trying to eliminate that edge. We're not trying to eliminate that part of you. I felt and had the same fear that I was going to lose some part of my personality mm -hmm. if I came to this place of balance and at peace with myself. And <laughs> what I had to learn was that like, no, 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 no. Like she's always in me and I could let her out mm. at any time. Like I'll unleash her if I want to. But I'm just regulating her differently these days. Mm. And I'm not abusing her presence. Ah. And I think that's the key, right? Like comedians, I love, I love, like that's, I love comedy. And I feel like comedy is the best coping mechanism yeah. <laughs> for some of the deepest, darkest shit yeah. that people go through. Yeah. And it's such a creative outlet for it. And that's the thing. If you can get to a place with yourself where you're like, I can let out this edge. I can mm. be honest and vulnerable and I can feel safe and trusting of myself that I'm not misusing it anymore mm. in an abusive way or a manipulative way. Then, then you've got it right now. You've yeah. balanced those scales. Dang. 
Okay, so there's another part of this that is, you know, when we are dealing with mental illness or mental struggle like anxiety or depression or even mood disorder or, you know, um, yeah, something that could even be more extreme like hypomania or psychosis, are we, it can be, it can be really strugglesome to know what's your voice and what is your mental health speaking to you in a negative way. Or even like, is that the trauma talking, right? Like, oh, I see you're trying to protect yourself, but like you're actually hurting yourself. How do we parse that out, especially when it comes to people who have been diagnosed and said, you know, you have this thing that needs a chemical medication or, you know, you can, you can live without the medication, but it won't be as easy. It'll be really hard. (laughs) Well, and that, Bill, that's the thing, right? I mean, I think there's a couple aspects to address in there. One is that it's very easy to believe somebody else's voice over our own, right? Mm-hmm. So when we go to a doctor or something, we tend to elevate them because they have knowledge in things that we don't have knowledge in. Mm-hmm. And so we take their voice as the voice on mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And that's where like self advocacy comes in. We have to be able to recognize, okay, wait, like I know myself too. And I know how this makes me feel. And I know how this doesn't make me feel. Mm-hmm. And then the other aspect of that is like the, the key component in really being able to identify what voice belongs to you mm-hmm. is starting a daily practice of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And mindfulness is really at the foundational level of holistic modalities. Mm. You have to pause. You have to sit with the discomfort. You have to feel through the discomfort and not react to it. And when you do that, it starts to clear out the clutter that's in your mind. Mm. But another practice to add on top of that is, is once you start meditation or yoga. Like I I love doing restorative yoga regularly Mm -hmm. because I've had an overactive, yeah, nervous Mm -hmm. system. So it's like, chill me out every fucking day because (laughs) everything else amps me up. Yes. Um, It's it's good. It's gold. And so, you know, in that practice, like, I mean, they're telling you focus on your breath, focus on your breath. But Mm -hmm. I like to look at it from the aspect of like, that's just a different way to articulate yes. sitting with the discomfort. Yes. Yeah. And that, I mean, listen, yeah. like you could put this into any area of life. You go to church and sometimes you sit in prayer, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of people are in pain when they do that. And you're mm-hmm. sitting in the discomfort. It's just, who are you listening to and who are you talking to that's providing mm-hmm. you some level of relief in return? For yoga, it's your breath. For meditation, it's you. It's you versus you. You sitting mm-hmm. there, witnessing the thoughts, witnessing the feelings, and not trying to fix them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, the, the key answer from my experience and from, from my way of, of doing this work with people is to start a practice of mindfulness. And mm-hmm. however that looks, you don't have to meditate. A lot of people hate meditation. <laughs> but... You can do a walking meditation. You can walk sure. outside in nature and listen to the freaking birds and the birds are that, you know, aspect. <laughs> right. Because like yeah. all chirps. Yeah. Yeah. I am, uh, I got really into yoga during the pandemic and it has now become a non-negotiable for me. And if I, Same. you know, have to travel or take an early flight or something and I don't get to get it in, 
I can fucking tell. Like everything about me. Yeah, you're like, I literally say. And my partner is very into breath work and meditation and like Vipassana, like very intense. And I, I compare myself to him because I, I think he's also on his own spiritual journey. And I think, and maybe this is something you can help me out with too, is that I'm very judgmental of anyone who thinks also that they're better or like more along in their spiritual journey than other people. And it can be, I know, you know, the dangers of like guruism and you know, the, the commodity of spirituality and things like that. But I'm like, I just do it a different way. I do it like yoga is sitting with discomfort for me. And like maybe breath work is doing is that way for you. But for me, it's not the same. And like, how do I manage that judgment of like, okay, you think you fuck it. Is it just a self-reflection of my own self? Am I just judging myself? Help me. You are. You, <laughs> okay. well, you are. You are to some degree, right? I mean, it's context specific. If, if somebody is saying to you, why don't you try this? That we might filter it as they're judging us. Right. But they might have the intention of, hey, I hear that you might be struggling. Like my, my relationship is infamous for that. My boyfriend is a fixer, so he's constantly ah. like listening for the thing that he can help me fix. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, I just wanted to share with you. Right. I didn't ask <laughs> for feedback. <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to fix anything. Just listen. And he, and he But I have to verbalize that. So in mm. other words, you know, I think you being really confident and, and having a why, like understanding the why, and you just I articulated it to me, like, mm-hmm. why do you have to do the yoga every day and how does it benefit you? And what mm-hmm. is like, I, I, in my work, I use certain terminology and it's, what is the ripple effect? Like negatively and positively in your life, how does that affect you? Mm-hmm. Clearly you have an idea of that because you're committed. And mm-hmm. when you're clear on that, then it's kind of like anybody can challenge you and you're kind of like, okay, that's fine. But like, (laughs) I know how this helps me and how this doesn't, like if it, if I don't do it, it doesn't benefit me. And I'm sure it's the same way for him and his breath work or whoever, you know, is judging. But yeah, I've got the same feelings about people. There's no hierarchy in in enlightenment and awakening. Like this is not, Mm. oh, I'm 20 steps ahead of you. No, that's not how this works. I'm on my own path. You're on your own path. He's on his own path. And like what resonates with each of us is going to be unique to our lives Mm. and what we've been through. Mm. I realize I sort of shifted this into a conversation about uh, relationships. (laughs) I didn't mean to. I'll scale it back a little bit. Uh, I forgot we were recording here. I was just like, yes, therapy. Let's go. Um, I appreciate that. Um, of course. I want to, I'm very, very interested in Reiki. I am, you know, I was someone who years ago, I was like, what the fuck is this? Or like, you know, crystal healing or, or sound bath, all that shit where I was like, I can maybe understand breath work because it's the self doing it or, you know, the sound work because your body's interpreting another way, but you got to break down Reiki for me because I, I believe in it. I've had it done, but I'm also the biggest fucking skeptic. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I can promote this to other people when I even myself don't know how to confidently say what's happening or how it's helpful. <laughs> of course, of course. So, I mean, but it does come down to like a basic belief 
about how how we acquire disease in our body, right? Mm. And like an understanding of energy and emotion. So mm. when when you go through Reiki classes and then, you know, I, I went all the way. Anyone could <laughs> take them and go all the way if they wanted, or they could take one or two and be like a Reiki one or two practitioner. I I have to be a channel for universal energy, right? Mm. So however you, whatever word you ascribe to it, whether it's God or the universe mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Yeah. I'm the channel for it. So mm -hmm. it's really like, it's not me. I'm not magical, mystical. I'm not like, you know, doing something weird to you. I am channeling healing energy. I'm just being mm. a conduit for it. Mm. And then what I'm doing is I'm tuning in to your body and your body's needs and your body's communicating with me. Mm. So when you go through these Reiki classes, what you realize is like how freaking sensitive you are. And my mom and I actually did Reiki one and two together. And then Aww. she was like, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> and I was like, peace, I'll keep going. <laughs> But, you know, and, and she worked in the operating room at the hospital, so she wanted to do it because she was putting patients to sleep every day. Yeah. And she was like, well, this is a cool aspect. Like, yeah. I can have this, you know? Yeah. Um, but you, you feel it, you know? Like, yeah. it's kind of like rubbing your hands together and feeling the heat, right? Yeah. It's, it's science. And I'm not a scientist, but it's science. So you feel the energy when you're around mm -hmm. people. You hear people talk. I feel energy from people. Mm -hmm. If you liken energy to emotion, that's what you're fucking feeling, mm. right? So I'm just extra sensitive when I am doing Reiki to pick up on the disturbances mm. going on in your body. Mm. And then basically I have the ability to move them around and help clear out your energy so that everything is flowing in a positive way. Now, the benefit of that is that when you get everything flowing in a positive way, then it can do what it's supposed to do. And your body knows what to do to heal itself. Your body knows right. how to restore itself and all of that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't continue to take action on yourself, and this is important because this is what a lot of people don't realize about doing things like Reiki or even like massage therapy and mm -hmm. things like that, you have to continue to work on you mm -hmm. and the things you struggle with. Because if you don't, like if I open your heart chakra, fabulous. But if you leave and you keep telling yourself the same shit you always tell yourself, you can right. close that shit right back up. Right. And then you're going to have to come back to me and we do it again. And then you're going to close it. And we're, it's just a waste of time. Right? right. So the goal is it's a modality that supports mm -hmm. you and your inner work. Yes. And I think like people, listeners out there should, I mean, this is something that I'm writing in my next book a lot about with chronic pain is actually how much more the science is showing the mind's power over our body in creating pain. And so there are doctors like, you know, Alan Gordon or Joe Dispenza that actually show, you know, the most classic example is like that structurally DNA can be seen to change when someone is having a more positive ex life experience. And it was like people okay. just, it sounds fucking crazy, but then when you do the work and the research and you listen to the, the stuff that's been happening in the medical field, more and more people are starting to realize like, 
well, it makes perfect fucking sense. Our, literally everything is an experience from our brain. Everything. Yeah. Even yeah. if we feel pain in the bottom of our foot, that's coming from your brain at the end of the day. You know, like yeah. even if it's a nail in your foot that you can see, that still has to go through your brain in order to process to experience pain, right? Like, yeah. It does just seem so fucking obvious when you put it that way, but it, it, it helps me. It helps me go like, oh yeah, the energy you're talking about, you know, it sounds so ethereal. Like what energy is there just like waves going through my body? Like I, I'm a visual person, right? But yeah. it, it helps to understand that, you know, the body keeps score, all these books that talk about experience does stay in your body and manifest as whether it be energy or pain or sickness or anxiety, like that's fucking real. <laughs> whether it you believe it or an not. Outlet. Yeah, no, yes. it's a that it needs an outlet. And that that's the I mean, as simple as I can put it, if you don't process your emotions, if you don't have an mm-hmm. outlet for them, then they stay in here. And they're mm-hmm. not meant to stay in here because they move, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I could be angry an hour ago. I could be happy mm-hmm. right now. Like, that's how emotions flow. So mm-hmm. if I keep them in me, tuck them away, don't want to address them, the elephant's in the room, and I'm like, I don't want to look at it, then they've got to present themselves, and they need to be seen and heard. And when I tell people that, I'm like, all your emotions just need to be seen and heard. So mm-hmm. I don't care whether it's a piece of paper if you te- like I tell clients text message yourself mm-hmm. because what it does is like you send yourself a text message and you like you had an outlet and then you receive the same message that you just <laughs> sent and it's like oh whoa oh, wait a yeah. minute and then you read it a little bit differently and it validates something for you mm-hmm. and it's got this aspect to it that's really really validating but if you can find a method that works for you, that is how you promote your own health and total well-being. It's like, just express yourself. Get it out of yeah. your body because if you don't, then yeah, those symptoms, those headaches, the mm-hmm. restless leg syndrome, mm-hmm. that anxiety, those panic, like that's all those things that you just tucked away that are like, help me, like I mm-hmm. want space. Mm. I, I love the idea of texting myself back and forth next time I'm like on the couch and decide to like not do my editing or something. I'm going to text myself and be like, oh, you dumb bitch, not editing. And then I'm going to respond to myself like, whoa, whoa, hey, yo, hot out the gate. Calm down. We're watching a good TV show. We're getting rest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, for you, it may actually benefit the self-talk a whole lot more to, I, to do that. So. reason. <laughs> Just to, like you said, to see it, I'm going to interpret it a different way. Because even sometimes I'll read back text messages after, like, getting in a fight or whatever. And, like, I'll be like, damn, that does read different than how I was feeling, right? And feelings are temporary, which we all know. Um, I want to talk about uh, your one of your books, Ask Yourself, is 126 thought-provoking questions to shift your emotional experience in this world. So I want to know what are your favorite questions to ask yourself when we're talking about something like self-sabotage or self-trust? Well, I mean, my favorite question to ask myself, and I mean, this could go across any kind of like topic we're covering is whose voice is that? Mm. And that allows me to really step back, especially if 
you grew up like in a codependent environment and you struggle with Mm -hmm. maybe not being authentic at times because you're people pleasing or Mm -hmm. you're scared or you've been traumatized asking myself whose voice is that allows me to kind of step back and go wait a minute was that somebody telling me something and I am just on autopilot like we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier behaving accordingly or is this actually like Amy's thoughts and Amy's opinions and who Amy really wants to be in this moment Mm -hmm. so that's a really great one to use kind of across the board But self-sabotaging, you know, pausing and asking yourself, is this who I want to be? Like, is this what I value? Is this the behavior that I value? I know this one sounds pretty obvious, but I don't think we think about it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, do I like being treated this way? Because Mm -hmm. the truth is, is that, you know, how what we let out towards other people isn't always how we're treating ourselves. Sometimes we're nicer yeah. to others and we're yeah. an asshole to us. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> me. Hit me. Call me out. Track me. Yes. <laughs> so hint, hint. So yeah. um so sometimes if we just step back from ourselves and witness and go, mm. so I like being treated, is this who I wanna be? Is this behavior that I value and respect? It brings into perspective what we're doing in that moment. Because like you said, a lot of times we are acting on autopilot and we don't know how much of a dick we look like until 24 hours later. I mean, and then we're like, oh shit, what did I say? Right. Right. And like that's very real in the moment. (laughs) Right. And it, and it gets more complicated when you add, like that's even just with yourself. And then it gets more complicated when you add a partner or, you know, a love interest because the way they interpret something might be different than the way you're interpreting. But I think what you said, what you nailed is like, do I value being treated this way? Or, you know, do I want to be treated this way? Either way, like in a partnership or as self is super valuable. You know, that's like, yeah. a, that's a really good, just like core question about anything emotional, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, uh, Amy, I can't believe how quickly the time has flown by with you. Um, will you tell us what the other two books you have written are so that we can check them out and definitely we'll link them below. Absolutely. So, so the first book I ever wrote was called 365 little blasts of love and it's 365 affirmations. So the, what I always tell people to do, and it says it in the intro to the book, is put your hand on top of the book and ask the book what you need that Aww, day. I need and that. I'm going to order it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then usually, I mean, the feedback I always get from everybody is like, oh, my God, that was it, it worked. That was exactly what I was needing. That was the mm-hmm. message. And it's just a good mm-hmm. book to turn to you know, on the daily to have mm-hmm. something to set an intention with, something mm-hmm. to affirm something or validate it for you. And then the other book I wrote is From Limited to Limitless. And that is actually, um, it's for download with an online course online. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, not on Amazon, but it is available. And it, and it explains a little bit of what we were talking about regarding religion and spirituality. It gives mm. a different perspective as to aspects of religion that you know a lot of people struggle with yeah that we can kind of connect to spirituality and reframe and look at differently 
Mm, wow. Okay. I love that. And you mentioned it's available on download. Can you tell us where to find you and your work? Of course. Yeah. So that is available amongst my other products and services on my website, which is amyfiedler.com. Or you can come follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm at most, at Amy the Life Coach. Ooh, Amy, this has been exactly what I was hoping for. I was hoping to walk in and leave with a lot, and I feel like I did. I hope the confidants did too. And definitely, confidants, follow those links below. Check out Amy and her work. Thank you, Amy, so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, confidants, we will see you next week. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment down below. Don't forget to rate this five stars. And if you're not going to give it five, don't give it anything because I'm very sensitive. And we will see you next week.